so vain. I'm pretty sure this song is about me. I'm so vain. Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you? Don't you? Oh, today is Wink Wink, Monday, November 2nd, 2020. My name is Joe Batanz and I am the host of this Joe Batanz, a show where your dear host offers his explanations of the events, dramatic and not, that go on in his seemingly unusually dramatic life. And it all happens right here on this Joe Batanz, right here on Afterthought Media. said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of this Joe Batanz, a show that I usually do four times a week, but uh, sometimes life gets in the way, especially when you're trying to uh, get out the vote with a bunch of drag queens, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is today, wink, wink, I, uh, this night, t- tonight, I had a, an event with a bunch of drag queens who, um came out to help us get out the vote. And I'm going to tell you something. I know I was recounting the early versions of this event, okay? And I was complaining and stuff like that. But uh, I'm going to do a brief recap. I don't know. I don't remember. I remember we talked about it a while ago. And I don't remember all the things. I don't know where we left off is what I'm trying to say. I don't remember where we left off. But I will tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to Tell t- the story of today and anything that needs to be filled in, or if I remember a story, I will tell you. Okay? Like, I can already think of uh, three tangents I'm going to get to right off the bat. So, uh, today we had an event in West Hollywood uh at the West Hollywood City Hall where there is an official ballot box and it happens to be and it's a very instant a very convenient location for what we wanted to accomplish okay there's basically a little driveway in front of it and across the street directly across the street in the back parking lot of a of a makeup store called Life L Y F E uh is a small parking lot. Now, for those of you who are uh, internet inclined and want to go on Google Maps, it's essentially on the corner of Sweetser and Santa Monica Boulevard. So on the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and Sweetser, you'll see it's just, just a little south. I think that's how it is. Yeah, it's a little south, just a, a hair south of Santa Monica Boulevard and Sweetser. You'll see, if, well, obviously you won't see a ballot box if you go onto Google Maps, but you will see that sort of like, uh, circular driveway and across the street you'll see a makeup place called Life and behind it you'll see a little tiny parking lot. Okay. And, uh, and so I will tell you and we will, when we, when we do the post mortem at some point either today or on the next episode, 
I will tell you what I learned about myself from this event. But sort of the history of the event is this. So this is where the event was. The event was technically in the parking lot across the street from the ballot box on Sweetser in West Hollywood, California. United States, the world. Okay. Is I... I was approached by my friend Vanessa Rubel, who is one of the co-founders of the Women's March on Washington and has since splintered off and started her own organization called March On. Okay. And they have all sorts of political movements that they're working on. Often it's the Women's March. Uh, it could be anything, right? It, but it is, uh, it is a movement that they have and that she's part of, and that's what they do, okay? Now, about four or five months ago, six months ago, I don't remember what it was, they were doing some sort of digital event. Okay, I'm giving the whole history now. Decided just to go through the whole history. They were doing some sort of digital event, and at said digital event, they wanted to promote it. And she knew I had a podcast that had some sort of popularity, and so she asked if I would interview one of the people involved with this event, uh, an indigenous, uh, young, uh, two-spirit, non-binary individual named Tomas. So I was like, okay. And if uh, for those of you, I, could, I took it down. I just kept it briefly for, until the length of the event, and I took it off the main feed. But on the public feed, there was this interview that I had with Tomas, who is, like I said, an indigenous, two-spirit, non-binary person from Colorado, went to high school with Evie Oddly, knows Evie Oddly, designed one of her outfits for Drag Race. Okay. And I interviewed them, you know, and there we go. So uh, fast forward to probably mid to late September, maybe even early September, sometime in September, Vanessa contacts me and she wants to know if if I'll help out with another event they're doing. In my head, I thought, oh, they just want me to interview somebody else on the show. No problem. Happy to help. Let's do this. So I uh, said yes. Little did I know I was signing up my life away, (laughs) essentially. Now, I actually think as someone who uh, has his own nonprofit, I do believe that um, that uh, one of the things I didn't like about working in the world of nonprofits is you have to learn to essentially, for the greater good, suck people dry. Whether it's from their whether it's financially, whether it's from their contacts, or whether it's their ability to good, do good deeds. And you rely on the kindness of people constantly, and you have to get good at asking that. I've never felt comfortable with that, and I think that's why I've always intentionally kept my nonprofit as a personal sort of little venture that I do, and uh, and 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 don't really do that much fundraising and asking for money and doing all that. That's, that's a part. It's a part of the thing that I don't really like. So. Um, I think that's what was going on here. They were taking advantage of my willingness to help 
And I think there is a thing where you just ask for a little, you ask for a little, you ask for a little, you ask for a little, and then all of a sudden the, the person has just taken this thing on. So what it all of a sudden became was, so then, so then the next step was to tell me that they wanted me to help them get the gay youth out to do a drag event. So at the, so the next day, okay, when I realized it wasn't an interview, I said, look, I have no interest in running this, but if you want me to put you in touch with some young gay people who might be wanting to help, I'm happy to do that. So I put them in touch with Brett Baxley slash um, Jimmy Anti, because I know Brett's very politically active, and I know Brett um, is trying to get shit done and want and, and hate, you know, hates this administration. And Brett was really excited. And I was like, and I just thought, okay, I'll help them help Brett out. And then I'll wash my hands and I'll be done with it. And Brett will just do the event, right? And that's not what happened is Brett. And I, and I don't fault Brett for this very early on realized this is really hard and will take up a lot of my time. And I cannot do that. I'm in college. You know, I can't do this. So bailed. And I don't, I did, I want the record to show I do not hold that against Brett because when I, uh, first went to Brett, there was this sort of, um, we didn't know what it was. And so I don't think he knew what he was signing up for because I didn't know what he was signing up for. All right. So that said, then it became, okay. So let me tell, okay. Oh my God. There's so many stories. I'm telling you, I'm basically telling you the story of your, what you're learning here is how we get to the event last night. So at this stage, we still, they, they have a name for it that they're calling drag to the poles, which is a horrible name. I hate the name. It's still officially the name. I don't like it. I thought of a better name. Unfortunately, they couldn't use it because this is true. As a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, as, and I'm one that has one, you cannot show, you cannot uh, be a partisan nonprofit. You have to be nonpartisan. So drag him out was too partisan, so to say, speak, right? But they came out with this thing called drag him to the drag drag to the poles, okay. And then the initial idea for this—that's you see, the thing—and this is we'll we'll cover this in the postmortem. I don't think they knew what they wanted. I thought they knew what they wanted, but I don't think they knew what they wanted. I think they just like, wouldn't it be nice to do something with gay people, people like drag queens, gays, drags, young, give it to Joe. But they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what they wanted to do with it. And actually, quite honestly, I didn't know what they wanted to do with it. Okay. And I was, and I think there was for a while, and I think for too long, a ship that was just floating drift uh, it was drifting out into the ocean no one knowing what this amorphous idea was and their original plan was they wanted to do these events in swing states so their initial plan was florida georgia well not really missouri but that's where brett was but ohio would have been great you know sweet pennsylvania places like that would have been fantastic in their eyes to set up these drag to the pole events and 
and do that. But no one knew what. No one knew what they wanted, you know, what to do. And so it wasn't until and Tomas and I were constantly meeting and these meetings would go nowhere because we didn't know what this was, right? Just constant meetings that went nowhere. And I can't remember, but I do want to say it was Tomas actually. Um, oh, 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 I know what it was. So then we got to a place was, look, we have money. Oh yeah, there, oh my God, there's so many stories. With that. I, forgot, I forgot a whole giant important part of this story. So the organization had money to spend from grants and pr- uh, private benefactors. Okay. So it became this thing, and I have talked about this on previous episodes, where it was like, okay, I have an idea. There's a ballot box right there in West Hollywood. So I looked up first the ballot boxes. and Because then what happened was, okay, when, oh my God, I didn't even tell the stories about all the drama in Florida. Oh, okay. I was worried at first that this wouldn't be a multi-part this Joe Batanz, but it's definitely going to 100% be a multi-part this Joe Batanz. So we're going to go in chronological order. And a lot of these stories are going to be repeated. But we have to remember, the point of this Joe Batanz the entertaining entertaining part of it and it being for the audience is secondary to its primary purpose, which is to be my personal journal. So unfortunately, for those of you who have heard this story, you're going to be hearing repeats because I'm going through it in my head because later on when I'm old and have Alzheimer's, I can go back and listen to this story and go, oh, that is what happened. So then what happens is I remember, so we're going backwards, forget Trixie and Katya, forget all that. <clears throat> when Tomas and I are first trying to figure out what to do, we and at this point, we still have Brett on board. And I think at this point, we had heard that what Brett was going to do, and I think this was a great idea, was um, Brett had a polling place on campus, on his college campus. So a bunch of his friends were going to get in drag and do an event at the polling place, at the ballot box. Okay. So we were like, great, Brett's going to take care of that, okay? So what happened was, and oh, you have to understand something, March On and Future Coalition, I was just part, well, okay, I get roped in. Initially, I was just part of the live event that happened last night, eventually, but the live event, the in-person event, but they were also organizing a digital event, and somehow not completely, I was tangentially involved with that, Okay, so um, we'll get back to that. So there's a lot going on. They want something for the, the the live streaming event, which they have a team of writers and editors and camera people and all these people involved in that. And they're coming to us because they want a drag queen for it. Okay, so I say to them, so they go, so then we go, let's go to Florida. Okay, so let's because I go, I happen to know someone in Florida, who is very politically active, okay, super politically active, and he'll probably be willing to help us out. His name's Carlos, okay? Not Carlo from Germany. This guy's name is Carlos. I believe he is Panam... No, yeah, he's Panamanian, I believe, or he's Ecuadorian. I remember it has to do either with the equator or the Panama Canal. I want to say he's Panamanian, Okay. By the way, a good friend of mine. So, uh, Carlos, super involved in Florida. He's like a, a an Orlando-based boppy in Florida. So I call him, 
Now, first I text him. He said, yeah, I'm willing to help out. I'm willing to help you. Okay. So, um, I go, okay, can we organize a call with me, you, and Tomas? And he's like, sure. So I call Carlos first, and we're waiting for Tomas to tell us he's ready or to join the call. And in that time that we're joining the call, as we're waiting for Tomas, I find out Carlos is just, and I've understood this from a nonprofit point of view for a long time, is just exhausted. One, for those of you who have never been involved in nonprofit work or any kind of charity work, one of the dangerous things that happens is you start to resent the very people you're helping. Uh, and it comes from exhaustion and it comes from there's, you know, we have this idea in this country of like the, uh, the noble, uh, person that needs help. And, and often those people have a lot of other problems that can be very frustrating. I've dealt with it with kids on my end who, yeah, they're brilliant and geniuses. I'll tell you, I'll tell you on my end, you know, from undergrad prep, they're brilliant geniuses. Okay. Who do really well in school and they, there's a lot to be admired for, but they, they overcome seemingly insurmountable odds to get great grades and do very well in school and to open up opportunities for them to have a better life and we can help them. Right. But with that comes a lot of other fucking problems. You know, like, A, they've been told they're special their whole lives, and they're constantly having to retell their totally dramatic story. And it makes them kind of obnoxious sometimes. Not totally, but they get they have sort of the same issues as, like, um, an obnoxious rich kid would have who knows he's rich. Or maybe the, the, the son or daughter of a celebrity who knows their parent is a celebrity and they have some sort of influence. They get that. They get really in love with their story and they kind of think they're really grand. And look, I just knock them down a few pegs. Okay. But like, but it can be really annoying. Or there's other problems with the kids who are really poor. Like there's just, they get wrapped up. The, as I said before, the ghetto is like a, a, a tar pit. It's very hard to escape in that people who don't have other opportunities will see someone full of opportunity and try and dr- grab onto them and either drag them down or hope to be carried with them. And it's hard to separate you f- yourself from that morass. Anyway, Carlos was in Florida on the ground because he's in Orlando with Pulse and um, was sharing with me right before Tomas came on the phone that Pulse so drained him uh, of a lot of things that he had instead decided to because he look he's a Latinx gay, right? That he had sort of decided to take a break from his gay activism and focus on the Latin side, and and it's that and that he's just exhausted from this. He's exhausted, you know, from this activism. And that's at, at that point that Tomas comes on, and Tomas, God love him, is really good at a lot of things, and then kind of. Uh, inefficient at some things and i feel on this phone call uh you have this world weary gay latin activist who's seen it all and tomas is well we're gonna do this and he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and optimistic and carlos is nice and carlos like yeah i'm willing to help you and i'll connect you with my people and then we end the meeting and then immediately after, Carlos calls me and he says, 
I'm going to help you because he's your friend. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've dealt with these people before. And they're flaky. They're really, really flaky. And so I'm going to do a little test here and see if he responds. So he waits for this information from, Carl- from Tomas. And Tomas never does it. So the next day, Carlos is like, see, I told you these people are flaky. And this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he, and he was like, I'm hesitating to connect them with my people because of how flaky they are. And so he and Tomas connect again. I, I bug Tomas, but then it just, it's, it's, it falls apart. Florida falls apart. And then we see an article though, that some drag queen is doing an event called drag to the polls. So I say, Tomas, you got to get a hold of her and say, listen, we saw you do an event with the same name. Let us help you. Let us be part of that. And we will continue that story and what happened there on the next episode. Because we haven't gotten to the event from last night, but I'm telling you, it all builds there. Trixie and Conti are involved. It's a whole thing. But we'll talk about it next time on This Job of Tantrum right here on Afterthought Media. 